So, what were you saying? <laughs> That's how all what? these podcasts should begin. So, what were you saying? So, uh, what were you saying? What were you saying? Uh, yeah, I, this, is, uh, this movie I, I hadn't watched until probably about a year ago. So, I, oh. I don't have nostalgia for this movie, which I think is part of what made me <clears throat> make these observations about yeah, it. Yeah, I... Uh, this... Can I confess? This was like a big movie for me when I was a kid. I'm not I don't surprised know why. by that. I'm not surprised by that. Yeah. I don't know why. It was I, just one of those like comfortably numb films. Yes. And when I rewatched it after like college, like I went away for like it was just a VHS tape that I was like, yeah, this in clear and present danger. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah, Tom yeah. Clancy, this shit. Uh, and as a kid, I really liked the sniper character in clear and present danger and Patriot Games. I don't know. I just liked Harrison Ford, obviously. But like... <clears throat> It's not shit that a kid would care about. Exactly. It's very not. Exactly. And uh, so it was weird that I liked it. Um, and then I rewatched it and I was like, that's not what I remember. I thought yep. there was a lot more action in these movies. Yes. But anyway. That's the thing about this movie that I was surprised by too when I watched it. It's because like uh, this movie is not technically the first, but sort of the beginning of our love affair with Jack Ryan, the character. Uh, and the movie, by the way, for the audience's sake, is Patriot that's Games. Right. But you've seen it. You clicked mm-hmm. on the episode, so you know. Uh, Patriot that's Games, right. that's what we're going to talk about today. But Jack Ryan was technically in The Hunt for Red October, uh, being played by yeah, Alex Baldwin. Right. But the character... Yeah, he's just a CIA analyst. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's a character. But he doesn't like hold the national consciousness the way that Jack Ryan started to with Patriot Games. Patriot Games is sort of when we were like, oh yeah, man, that's the guy. Uh, maybe because it's Harrison Ford, uh, but I have some arguments for that or other reasons. But basically after mm-hmm. Patriot Games, we started making Jack Ryan stuff and have kind of never stopped. Right? Like oh, yeah. we're still making yeah. it. Mm. <laughs> Aren't we? Isn't Jim Krasinski playing Jack? Yeah, yeah. Yes, obviously. Yeah, I was obviously, like, okay. Yes. I was like, did they cancel it? Uh, <laughs> no. No, no, not that. No, so, I mean, Me- and I, I, for whatever reason, I always <laughs> connected Jack Ryan to Harrison Ford and was kind of surprised looking back that he was basically only Jack Ryan in two movies. Because he's not Jack Ryan in Air Force One, right? He's also not Jack Ryan now. Like he's a lot more of an action hero now. Sure, that's that's accurate. Yes, that's a good point. Yeah, so for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, so like, when you think of Jack Ryan movies, what do you think they are, generally speaking? Like, how would you summarize uh, them? <clears throat> I mean, this is kind of I, I I've read your argument. I, I, yeah, I, yeah, it's a little I facetious. I know, and yeah, I think you nailed upon something here. So I don't want to bury the lead. But I'll say that uh, my real answer to that is time has changed and altered the narrative. But originally, Jack Ryan was like, the whole appeal of Jack Ryan, in my mind, was that he was kind of the nerdy guy who got invited to the important table. Yes. Like, some of all fears. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. Ben Affleck, he, right? Yeah. It's, it's that scene where they're like, all right, 
boy, here's your chance. The president of the United States just walked in the room and he's looking for answers. And you said you had the answer. Well, tell me what the answer is. And he's like, sir, I think it's very important that I did that. Good job, boy. Sit down. You know, like <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's very much yeah. little CIA boy gets the shot at the big time to be a major player and he nails it. That's Jack Ryan. Yes. And also, uh, for those of us who are not familiar with the, traje- the trajectory of Jack Ryan in the novels... I discovered this today doing some research. Apparently, he becomes president. Uh, in oh, the, really? Yes, in the Tom Clancy novels, he becomes Fucking president. Whatever. Tom Clancy, just yeah. So, hey man, the man's made a fortune doing this, right? And so, like, I think you said exactly what I was hoping you would, which is essentially you think of Jack Ryan as being a political figure who's like sort of uh, dealing with the top level people and a little out of his depth, but he rises to the occasion because he's American. He's like a quintessentially American right. CIA yeah. boy. Very American. Yeah. Right. And there's also like a little bit of action. Like he's involved in action stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. He uh, truly is a demolition man. Now I'll be out of touch. We just talked about that. So that's a joke for me and him. That wasn't it. for you. You love You it. may not have listened to that episode. If you didn't. Or it may not have come out. I don't know. Who's running Who the can ship? Say, Point. Continue, no Adam. No. Thank you for bringing up Demolition Man. It, basically, Demolition Man will serve as a specter. But it's the same thing, though, right? Yeah. It's the same thing. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so look, uh, as a launch pad for Jack Ryan, Patriot Games, I, I had certain expectations about what the movie was going to be. And I believe that people remember it differently than what it is because Patriot Games actually is not as much a political thriller as people remember it. And in fact, it violates all kinds of rules for political thrillers uh, because it doesn't actually want to tell a political story. Uh, And so I want to get into the ways that Patriot Games violates the rules of engagement. That's what I want to talk about today. Ooh, yeah, titles. Ooh. Well, I can see one violation, and that's on the terms of engagement. I don't remember the name of the movie, <laughs> uh, but uh, this is the most reserved use of Samuel L. Jackson I can ever think of. It's crazy how fast he became Samuel L. Jackson. Yes. You, couldn't, you, you can't use Samuel L. Jackson in a movie like he's used in this movie, where he's like, a lot of his lines are just like off screen. Yep, basically. <laughs> like they're like, we're just getting a sh- getting B-roll of like some, like a Christmas tree, and he's just like talking, like Samuel L. Jackson just talking, and you're like, why the fuck are we on a Christmas tree? <laughs> they just didn't know it's yet. Cut to Samuel L. Jackson. What the hell's wrong? With they you? didn't know yet. They had no. See, he hadn't. He hadn't. They eaten didn't know. The, he hadn't eaten the big Kahuna burger. Yet. He hadn't eaten it yet. Mm-hmm. He know? hadn't eaten it yet. You're absolutely That's right. That's really what about it is. That. He hadn't. He hadn't uh, dealt with Brett yet. Once he dealt with Brett. Then we knew who he was. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, 1992. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Patriot Games. So in order to tell, like, so the first point I want to make about Patriot Games is it takes about an hour to make a fundamental narrative decision that in most movies, especially in political thrillers, would have happened about 30 minutes into the movie. And what I mean specifically is that this movie chooses to have Jack Ryan join the CIA around the midpoint of the script instead of to close the first act. Um, That doesn't sound like a big deal. Let me explain why it is. So first things first. Mm -hmm. Uh, I want to talk a little bit more in depth about the way that feature screenplays are structured uh, because it will help us understand what this choice means. <clears throat> so, 
First thing is, in a, in a, in a movie, the first act is essentially an act of setup. And in it, we learn the following things. We learn, here's our protagonist, and uh, our protagonist has a problem, a need, right? And uh, there will be some event, usually an inciting incident, but not always, that will ask the protagonist to basically leave the world they know behind and join into a new world that they are not accustomed to. Sort of a chaotic Mm -hmm. world, if you will. And the decision to cross into that world is usually the end of the first act. That's uh, If you use Dan Harmon's story circle, for those of you who are really interested in this topic, Dan Harmon has done a really nice job of boiling down this process into what he calls the story circle. And crossing the threshold, which is the third step of his eight steps, is usually the end of the first act in a movie. So most movies... <laughs> what's going to happen is you're going to have you know a couple of scenes where you okay here's who the guy is here's his family here's the things that he cares about and then something happens to him and then uh, he has to decide okay well now i have to do i'm going to have to do something about this or else i won't be able to move on move forward you know i got to do something so here's some examples in groundhog day uh phil connor's the weatherman goes to Punxsutawney, eager to get the hell out of there. Then it turns out he gets frozen in a loop where he experiences Groundhog Day over and over and over again. So you would think, oh, well, that's the end of the first act. It isn't. The end of the first act is the moment he says, you know what? I'm going to accept this curse, and I'm going to have the best time I possibly can. And there's a really key scene where he piles in a car with these two drunks, and he goes, I'm not going to live by their rules anymore. Uh, your whole life they tell you to do this, this, and this. I'm not going to do it, right? And so he chooses, yes, I'm going to act like a complete maniac that's unhinged because I can. That is the end of the first mm-hmm. act in Groundhog Day. Um, it's, uh, it's, or another way, I think Sid uh, Field screenplay says, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, kind of the same example is that it's almost always a scene that is sane, I am going to do the movie. Yes. <laughs> like the conflict that is this movie, I choose to be participant. Yes. In. That's exactly or, it. That's, that's kind of the here or that choice is made for them. And it's like a story where it's like someone getting like the shit beat out of them all the time or something like that. There's like, yeah, but it's usually for the hero or for like the kind of, if you look at the bell curve of like uh, people like Vonnegut mapping out like stories, it's something that almost everyone kind of agrees with, with the three X structure is it's a choice. Correct. So just one last example, because it's, it's literally the clearest I've ever seen in a movie. Maybe the most clear example of this is the red pill in the matrix. Yeah. So yeah, the exactly. matrix, just choose the, pill. the first 30 minutes, it's like, you know, you can feel it when you're paying your taxes, Neo, right? And he's like, what's, what is the <laughs> matrix, right? That's the first 30 minutes. What is the matrix? Is this a real thing? He's trying to find Morpheus. Then he finally does. And Morpheus says, here are two pills. You take the blue pill, there's no movie. You take the red pill, there's a movie. And he takes the red pill, and then he's born into a chaotic world literally crossing the threshold from the from the quote-unquote matrix to the real world. He's now Neo. He's yes. not... Uh, He's no longer Mr. Anderson. Anderson. John Anderson. Right, exactly. Ms. John Anderson, I probably... Yes, that's right. Nice job. That's correct. So right, great, I did it. Was it was it was it me in the nineties? Is this, is the male protagonist named John or Jack? He got a bingo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a bingo. Yeah, That's yeah. a bingo. Uh, so, the reason that I've gone into detail about this is most movies are going to take 
max about 30 minutes to do this. Why? Because mm-hmm. the movie starts to feel like the movie that you came to see once this decision gets made. Uh, yeah, that's once, a good point. Like, like basically everything you saw in the trailer, for the most part, is going to be after this decision gets made. It's where the premise right, because, of the movie plays out. Right? And let's not, let's not get a... You who are listening to this with all of your complex thoughts and all of your dreams and all of, you know, just the myriads of aspects that make yourself, you would turn into a cave person. This, if 25 minutes into a movie, it was like, ah, oh, but this is not the thing that I wanted to go see. That's correct. The trailer said it was going to be this. That's correct. What the fuck? <laughs> you know, you would, we'd all turn into absolute, uh, <laughs> Neanderthals. Right. Because, it, because it's like you're wasting my time. You're boring me. I'm bored. I like. Buddy. I want to get started. I want to feel like I'm getting started. So right? I guess are you making the argument that in Jack Ryan he needs to be doing some sweet analysis? Well, so that's the thing, right? So thank you for saying that. So in this movie, the technically the first act ends uh, when Jack Ryan interferes with an assassination attempt on a royal, on a, an English royal person, because he's abroad in London right. to give a lecture, right? Technically, that moment is the end of the first act. The problem with it is, we don't know anything about the guy. We basically, like, all we know is, because mm-hmm. we haven't met Jack mm-hmm. Ryan before, we don't remember him as a character mm-hmm. from other movies, all we know is he's got a family, and he loves his family, and he's giving a lecture about some advanced politics at, in London and that he's got some courage. That's all we know. So the decision to interrupt this terrorist act does not feel to us like a choice to enter this chaotic world of vengeance and political you know, espionage and stuff, which is technically Intrigue, what it is. Yeah. It's technically what it is. All it really feels like is uh, a courageous citizen who's like, I'm going to stop this gunman. Uh, the kind of thing you could see on a cell phone, not in a feature necessarily, <clears throat> mm-hmm. right? So the the problem is that it turns out Jack Ryan has actually been invited to be a part of the CIA and turned it down. And he needs to, what he needs to do is use the CIA to solve this problem that he brings on his family, right? And so joining mm-hmm. the CIA and using that job to enact vengeance or protect himself and his family feels like what the end of this first act should be. And most movies, that's exactly what it would be. I'll give you a counterpoint. John Wick, right? So in John Wick, mm-hmm. uh, his, it's his wife, right? Doesn't his wife get killed right up top? And then they kill his, his dog. His wife died, right. and then the dog yes. is reminiscent the, of the correct. wife. And the one thing that he cured himself of, like, the disease. Correct. So, know, like, like, so it's, yeah. the dog being killed launches. Keanu Reeves is now going to be a killer assassin that's going to go murder everybody that did this, Right. That's what happens. Now, imagine that it took him an hour to decide to assassinate people, and the terrorists, or these people who kept attacking his dog, they also attacked his sister, and they attacked his uncle in Cleveland, and then they attacked his foot, and like, you know what I mean? They just keep like doing these little things to him mm-hmm. until he finally mm-hmm. decides to be an assassin. You would be frustrated mm-hmm. with him for that. You'd be like, yeah, why? Like, Come on, man, murder, part. murder, murder, do it, you know? Yeah, the, uh, the dog was enough. Yeah. But in this movie, he doesn't join it the is. CIA till an hour into the movie. And that's interesting, it's right? It's an origin story, though. It's more akin to Batman Begins. A little bit. Yes, that's correct. It is more akin to Batman Begins, except for we already know where Batman Begins is going when we watch Batman. That's important. That's true. And we don't that's know that true. about Jack Ryan at this point in history. 
right? I think you could redo Patriot Games the same exact way and have a different experience because we do know who he is. Like, now we do. But we didn't then. So that's important. I... I agree. We should remake Patriot Games as a Batman movie. Uh, honestly, that's not that that's crazy. That's what you're saying, That's right? not that crazy. <laughs> I mean, I, that's a good I'm, joke. <laughs> I'm Jack Ryan. I'm Jack. Yeah. <laughs> Let me analyze you. Here's a paper. Oh, God. He's do so much analysis, dude. <laughs> and he's a family man. <laughs> like, he's got a family. Correct. <laughs> like, he's Batman, but he's got a family. Correct. Uh, it'd be perfect. It would be very good. <laughs> so, uh, also, just briefly, the other, the other Jack Ryan movies do make this decision at the 30-minute mark. The decision, like, okay, we're going to take on this case. Okay, we're going to find out what this Red October's deal is. Does clear and present danger do it, though? He, he is assigned to the case at the end of the first act, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he's assigned at that point. I'll take your word for it. I, I didn't, I didn't rewatch it, but danger. I'm pretty sure. Because then there's, like, espionage inside the, inside the Pentagon point stuff. Is, this may be... The only reason I bring it up is if we treat this like an origin movie... Which we did. Or we, we, we should treat it as a, uh, like a model for Jack Ryan movies. Well, I, again, like I'm not sure that the makers of this movie think they're doing a franchise, but I think the fact that you're bringing up an origin actually enhances my point. I think you're right. It is kind of an origin oh, story. Okay. Uh, but I'll say why later. But thank you for bringing it up, because we should talk about that in a minute. Okay, so I think I've covered that in some detail. Uh, I just want to say briefly, so w- with respect to this movie, joining the CIA also could have been done in the first act if we were going to spend a lot of time discovering who these dudes are, right? If we were like, okay, like this was a mysterious terrorist organization and we don't know anything about them, and so like we need to learn what happened, if that was part of the story, then him joining the CIA would have happened at the 30-minute mark, and the rest of the movie would be like trying to track him down, and that's not really what this is. That's actually not what this movie is. It's what you think it is because you think that's what a political thil- thriller should do. That's not what happens in this movie. So uh, we'll, we'll hold on to that. Okay, so uh, one last point, <laughs> and that is um, most first acts have what you might call a debate period. Okay, so what happens right. is the hero gets a call to adventure. Um, usually, you know, in the case of uh, The Matrix, he gets a literal phone from Morpheus, and he's like, okay, follow me, Neo, if you want to live, right? Like, and he right. takes the call, and then uh, he refuses it, right? He, like, he, he gets outside of the window, and he sees the agents bearing down on him. He's like, I can't do it, right? So there's a debate. I can't do this. You know, I don't know if I believe you. Um, most movies have that moment. This movie doesn't have that moment. And in fact, it stretches the debate moment of like whether I should join the CIA out for like 40 minutes. Right. right? And his family suffers mm-hmm. yeah. and people yeah. keep visiting yeah. him. Like, so basically it's, that decision. It's not like all of that time is exclusively spent on that. I don't want that to be confused. Not really. Like, yeah, not really. Because him, him, like his daughter, a lot of the family stuff is brought up in that first half of act two. That's most of the movie actually is family stuff. Mm-hmm. And the beginning of the movie is family stuff. And that's basically where we're mm-hmm. going to end up here. But they right. spend a lot of but time But I just don't want that. it to make it seem like it. he sat there for 40 minutes and the, debated well, over like whether or not he's going to jo- join the movie. <laughs> no, that's true, but the family becomes a piece of leverage in the debate. Yes, exactly. Like, and, and so that's really what's happening, is that the family is becoming intertwined in the decision uh, in, right. le- in a more than business way. Intertwined in the should I commit to being in the CIA or not. That's so true. So there's that. Okay. 
I've covered that point. So here's the second point. Uh, the villains in this movie are just horribly conceived villains uh, mm-hmm. for a political thriller. And here's, here's some evidence for that. So the first thing is the plot to the plot for these villains is they're going to assassinate a member of a royal family instead of like a political figure or a politician or anything because they think yeah. that makes more of a statement. Now, this is in the early 90s, so that means the terrorist group is a, f- is a f- splinter cell from the IRA, right? So the IRA... Who actually decry the uh, IRA for not doing enough, so they're more yes, radical they're more than the IRA. they're more radical than the IRA because, the, because, you know, and I don't blame them for this, Hollywood doesn't want to weigh in explicitly on the IRA. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they don't want right, to right, be right. like, the so IRA they're just bad. making an analogy. Yes, yeah. right. So they're, they're using them as a template, uh, but the problem is that uh, because they have to be a splinter group from the IRA, they don't have a goal that makes any sense. Uh, the whole time the terrorists don't have a goal that makes sense. Uh, from the very beginning of the assassination plot all the way through the very end, uh, that spoilers ends in Jack Ryan's actual residence in Virginia or Washington or wherever it is, um, they don't have a plan that actually enacts a political goal. Uh, no, it's punishment. It is literally uh, vengeance. revenge. Vengeance. It's vengeance. Correct. Yeah, that that I think is actually um, that is one of the powers of this movie. Yes, to me, thank you. Just as yeah, I don't know if you're. I am say going this to. Later. So hang on to this. Okay, it, never no, mind. No, it's, yeah. it's, thank you because you're making exactly the point I want to make. Uh, so hang on to it because I want you to be able to say it too. So just so everybody understands, killing like Prince Andrew. <laughs> or Fergie would be a horrible thing, but probably wouldn't create like political mm-hmm. tension between a suppressed nation. Like, like it, it would be, it would be wanton violence. Yeah. yeah. I, I just, it, there's, they don't do enough to justify it. Okay. So then what happens is, uh, when they enact their plan, which by the way, they kill IRA members to do it. Uh, when they begin to enact their plan, because Sean Bean's brother is part of the assassination plot who gets killed by Jack Ryan, the entire plan shifts to, let's fucking get Jack Ryan. Let's just get him. Let's get Jack Ryan. Because his brother. Because he kills of his baby brother. brother. Correct. And because... Sean Bean's bra- baby brother. Right. <laughs> his baby brother. My baby brother. Baby brother. And it... it, it it, uh, it goes to great pains to try to keep the royal family member in the picture so that it looks mm-hmm. like they're also accomplishing a political goal. But basically, this terrorist group decides we're going to kill a non-CIA member American Jack Ryan for stopping us from killing this guy. But then guy. later, CIA agent. Right, but then later, <laughs> CIA agent. So, so much the yeah. better. So much the better. So much, yeah. Oh, perfect. Because yeah. he even asked... That's one of the things that gives credence to the terrorists is that on as under oath, which he said... Uh, and we're supposed to be on the side of Jack Ryan here because he's our protagonist, right? He answers the question specifically, are you a part of the CIA? And he goes, no. And so, like, and then uh, Sean Bean sees that he's now a part of the CIA, and he goes, oh, I wasn't a part of the CIA. I see how it is. So, it, like, it does spin a narrative. Yes, it does. It does absolutely spin a narrative. Right. And that's something that, like, a lot of us would be, if we saw someone, like, who did a crime, let's say. Sure. And a crime against us. And uh, that person 
testified under oath that they weren't a part of the thing. And then we did like we looked into it and we said like, okay, yeah, no, there he is not on the payroll of the CIA. But then immediately goes and joins the CIA. We'd be like, but you were fucking in the yeah, CIA. Yes, you were. Though. Yes, you were. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. So it gives that kind of like conspiracy theory like nut. Yeah. Just like <laughs> complete uh, abstract thought that the terrorists are having the veneer, uh, the veneer to justify it. it as a political crime. Correct. Even though emph- emphatically they don't have a thing other than revenge as their main basis. Yeah. So I want to do. I want to. I want to d- dive into the rationale of this just a little bit more to prove that not only are these guys like stupid for real life terrorists, they're stupid for movie terrorists too. So like, I just want to make these two points really quick. The first is that the fact that they insist on this vengeance plot when it becomes infeasible, <laughs> and the fact like like that they decide we're going to invade America to do it, like it's- you could <laughs> never ever ever survive that. You could not yeah. survive that. Even the worst president in the world would take vengeance on that. Like, like so that right, is the right. end of your movement. Trust me. Don't do it. That's a bad decision, terrorists. So that's a bad real-life terrorist organization. Now, they also spend incredible resources planning for this. They, like, have a base in the desert. They got, like, hidden sleeper agents and bookshops. They got, like, drones and stuff. They got, like, power boats and weapons and, like, night vision. They got a lot of money and funding. And, like, they have enough to do way more than, like, say, a September 11th. They could do a lot of worse terrorist acts, is the point. They could take down Big Ben. They could blow up Buckingham Palace. They could do a lot of stuff that would do some damage. They could do a lot of shit, yeah. But instead, the third act decision to invade America and take out this one guy's house, like, could not have been uh, satisfying to, like, the board, you know, like whoever's giving yeah, them the money. Yeah, the people who are like investing tanks. Yeah, yeah. You know, whoever's like, giving them the money. I gave you a tank, and what did you do with it? You attacked a man in Virginia. Right. You know, <laughs> like is he like the king of Virginia? I don't understand. Is he the king? <laughs> I don't understand. I want to de. Uh, I want to take away the de- the establishment. Listen, I, I don't want to be British. The space. I don't want to yeah, be British. Like, How does what this did help you do that? With it? Yeah. Well, you see, he has a daughter. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, all right, and man. And no way. I got to find... <laughs> he's like, I got to find better terrorists. Exactly. So, like, they're, that means they're movie stupid, too. Like, they're not internally yeah. consistent either. Uh, so, there's that's a problem. Okay, so they're stupid. The other thing is, and this is, like, as a movie, like an audience member, their connection to an actual terrorist plot gets very murky. Mm-hmm. So, like, meaning, like, if I was to say set a movie, if I was to make a movie in 2005 and I picked an Arab terrorist group and said they were a spinoff of, uh, of Al-Qaeda, you would know what you thought the goals were of that terrorist group, right? Like, an American audience knows what yeah. that terrorist group wants to do. These guys okay. in the 90s are a splinter cell from the IRA, a movement that Americans didn't fully understand, they didn't completely understand right. who then kill True. members of the IRA, who then covers up for them. Like, so the IRA still covers up for them and they turn away from killing a British royalty member to a guy who killed somebody's brother. It's like, what is the political connection here? 
You know what I mean? Like the political connection for a movie audience is so tangled that they well they for can't an American get it. audience, yeah, yeah absolutely. Right. Which this is what it's Correct. made for. Correct. You know, it's Harrison Ford because it's absolutely true. It's like a foreign civil war kind of concept uh, versus like the Al Qaeda directly saying, "No, America, I choose to war you." you right. Know? It's like it's um, like the moment. So that's the big difference. It's the moment in Goldeneye when you find out that like the general is actually not a Russian general anymore. He's a spy, and he's using the golden eye for his own personal purposes. It gets murky there, because you're like, okay, I understood <clears throat> when sure. he was Russian, and it was a government thing. When he's his own I think man. that's cleaner, because that's just like, he's not affiliated yes, with true. different affiliations. True, true. His affiliation is just to self. He's just like, I could do this for my country, or I could just kind of pocket everything and become dictator. Correct. You know, like, I could do this. I can, I'm going to take my shot. You know, so that's a little It's a little cleaner. But yeah, you're right. It's, it, it does add murkiness in the any way that a double agent would. Um, but this is like unnecessary, I guess is what you're saying. Well, I'm saying like, I'm not saying that it's unnecessary. I'm saying that again, people show up to this movie and remember this movie for being a political thriller. And yet the politics of it are like, what are they? You don't remember them really. You know, like you don't even remember like the cover story for the action movie. Cause it's There's not that. one conversation that's had about the politics Correct. and it's, I, I paid attention to it cause I was like, um, I don't remember the politics, like yes, you said. Exactly. And I was like, what is this? And I went back and I rewatched it. And it's that conversation in the yes, bar. Yes, with Charlie. That's being had. Charlie and Timmy. With Charlie. Charlie. And uh, yeah, and it's it's more of like, I'm with you, brother. I know. You know, it's like that kind of stuff as opposed to like, so here is systematically they're executing us and treating us as lower citizens and we need to no they're just like we gotta attack the royals you know it's because it comes out of this place where it's just like the war has been happening for so long no one needs to say it and I understand that that is what they're taking advantage of but you're right it does kind of make it unclear for people who let's say wouldn't wouldn't know that yeah Irish and right. know or British. what the Great Britain internal politics are. Right. Um, and just just so, one yeah. last contrast here for this because I think it, because I'm I'm harping on it and people might like disagree with it or feel like well that's a little subjective. So let's use a similar movie Ronan uh, as a counterpoint. Ronan was made in like the mid '90s with Robert De Niro as uh, it turns out a CIA agent, and the way that they do the connection of this loose terrorist group is by never totally clearly affiliating them and by adding a mystery to it right so like they they have a case there's a case what's in the case and the whole movie you're like what's in the case right (laughs) and the case is basically the thing that would clearly identify the political cause they're working for and you never know what it is and by doing that they have made the movie more of a political thriller because you're sort of asking oh man what is really at stake here you don't know exactly what's at stake but you do know that your characters know more than you do and you're trying to figure out what the answer is and there's russians and there's scottish people and there's you know it's interesting so contrasting yeah. that with this this movie tries to explain to you what's going on but you don't understand it ronan withholds the information and creates more interest in the political scenarios so just so that's an interesting buttress there right Okay, sure. so there's that. Next thing that, that Patriot Games does that it should not do if it's a political thriller is that it shifts perspectives all the time. 
Now, it's not that movies don't do this. They do. But this movie spends long scenes that are not just plot or exposition scenes, but emotional scenes with people who are not Jack Ryan. So, like, it has that scene, as you Mm. mentioned, in the bar with Jimmy and and Kevin, right? The scene that you only really need to meet the girlfriend. It's, like, kind of the only reason you need it. You don't need it (laughs) for... You don't learn anything other than, like, they may not be in the IRA, I guess... Uh, isn't it plant payoff though? Is it? They're planting. I thought for they plant the intro for Annette. They, they plant that she is actually working with. Like, so this guy's a double crosser. That's what you learn from it. But it's like mm-hmm. not just that. There's also like emotional content to it. Uh, but that's not, that's not the best example, but good point. Uh, I also would say there's. I mean, it's just it, the scene stands. It's not a bad. It's scene, not a bad scene. I no, guess. no, it's not a bad. None of these. It's are. just you're right. It does shift perspective because it's trying to weave two complex narratives between two basic ensembles. Correct. And you have the ensemble of Jack Ryan and the ensemble of Sean yes. Bean. It's, yes, and Sean Bean in particular, we get a lot of scenes that are just him being the saddest boy about his brother. Oh, he's, he's so the sad. saddest boy about his brother. Uh, and it really is, uh, man, Sean Bean really like he's leaner. It's like a young yeah, Sean really Bean. Young. So yeah, it's yeah. like, he's real lean and he like, he totally, I think of him totally different than even Goldeneye, you know, like Goldeneye, he like put on some pounds. He like lifts some weights, you know, this is him being kind of like, he's not like a thin guy. I mean, he's still pretty built. But, like, he definitely, I, I forgot how young and baby-like his face is in he, this he movie. He could be, like, 23 in it. I mean, he, he's very young. He could yeah, be. He's yeah. very young. He's very young. I don't know what his age he was, but he looks a lot younger than he does even, like, five year, like three to five years after he's this. He's not even full Boromir here. He's not even close to full Boromir. Oh, yeah. Because uh, I think you're probably right. It's because it's like he had, like... He was constant. He just had a career all yeah, the time. Yeah, he's a great actor. <laughs> so he's transformative. That's yeah, true. He's a really good actor. Uh, so, you know, he's worked a lot. But in this movie, mm-hmm. he, there's a lot of scowling. And again, it doesn't advance the plot. Most of the times when you cut away from the protagonist to the villain, you are advancing the plot. Or you're reminding everybody, look how bad this guy is. This movie, right. you're spending time with him just to get his emotions which you don't do I think that, that often. Works. Oh, I agree. It works, uh, but it's not. Okay. It does work, but it's not done in political thrillers that often. Sure. In political thrillers, sure. what normally happens is you cut to the villain to learn a piece of the puzzle that the hero doesn't know, so that you can be like worried for the hero. Usually, you know, right? N- not okay. explicitly. I see or, or again, in a Bond movie, it's like, then you learn, look how evil they are, Mr. Bigglesworth. You know what I mean? Like, you learn that stuff, too. Yeah. But that's not the scenes we get sure, here. Sure, yeah. I think we're going to have some discussion about the formal attributes that make a thriller. That's fine. But yeah, sure. That's yes. fine. I'm just, I'm I just think saying it's atypical. Not that it has to be this it's way. A- it's atypical. Uh, it's, it's operating in a way that's okay. different than most political thrillers do. Uh, yeah. I think you're right. It's a type of political thriller. Sure. Okay, fair enough. So, uh, now, the reason I bring these things up is all of these things that I've mentioned should and normally do make an audience less interested in the movie. They're actually ways of distancing the, mo- the, the audience from the key conflict in the movie a lot of times, and mm-hmm. they make the movie usually more confusing or ridiculous. 
And yet, Patriot Games has endured, uh, has endured more than <laughs> endured more than most uh, political thrillers, and started basically America's love affair with Jack Ryan. And oh, yeah. the question is, why? Why does this one? do that why is and why patriot games is a great yeah why patriot games and also why is this movie undermining the political content so much why is it doing that uh and here's why patriot games is not about politics it's about family it's fundamentally a family Mm -hmm. drama that's Mm -hmm. what it is Mm -hmm. and why is it a family drama because family stories create more emotional bonds than political ones do Family stories mm-hmm. are better illustrations of political mm-hmm. stakes, as the subsequent Jack Ryan movies proved. The fact that Jack Ryan's family is at stake and gets physically harmed and is in real danger, and you spent time with Ann Archer, and you spent time with that cute kid, uh, who I believe is Thor Bird, right? Thor Birch? Yeah, Thor Birch. Yeah, you spent time with them and like liked them. We watched them talk to an English soldier in front of Buckingham Palace. You know, like you you watch Jack Ryan deal with the fish crisis, making little jokes. You know, yeah, it's all very hallmark. Yeah, you've spent yeah. a lot of time with them as a family. So the fact that they suffer for this terrorist nebulous threat actually makes you more angry about the terrorists and more primally concerned for Jack Ryan than if you had learned it's the Russians, they're back. Or like insert the worst group of people and done a political thriller. Those things get more abstract and they're only interesting when the chase is interesting. They're not interesting in a fundamentally emotional way in the way that family stories are. So, interestingly enough, Patriot Games, while posing as a political thriller, is actually more interested in drama than most political thrillers are. And Jack Ryan is is poised to us as not a weak man, but a family man, a courageous American family man. Uh, You're right. I I defined Jack Ryan as a CIA agent when you asked me to define Jack Ryan series. And you're right. Uh, family is a huge element, although it has been pulled away from the um, mm-hmm. from the, the the tropes and structure of these stories that the Jack Ryan stories. It's, it's become uh, definitely more. Not there it's become more anymore. of a Jason Bourne analyst thing, right? <clears throat> oh yeah, he's he's a bachelor now, dude. This our our new Jack Ryan hangs massive. Yeah, dumb, of course dude. he does. <laughs> right, and like and. My point here is I think that there's a reason why Patriot Games matters more than the rest of those Jack Ryan movies do. It's because you, no, matter how, no matter how obvious it is, when you hang real yeah, family thing. stakes on a story, people care more. If you do a good job with it. I mean, mm-hmm. the directing here was good. It was competent. It wasn't, like, incredible. Uh, but it was, it was definitely serviceable and oftentimes, like, shot in a pretty way. But more than that, it's competent emotional scene work so that like the fundamental stakes, the thing that we care the most about as people, our yeah. families, matters in this movie. Whereas in other movies, How many times they don't. in our hero stories do we now, these days, have a character who's like, no, nah, I'm going to pass um, on that that great opportunity because I don't think it will be great for my family. All the time. You know, all the <laughs> no, time. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. never I was gonna say yeah, right, Doctor Strange really doing that all the time. Yeah, we don't do that anymore, and it's something that is altogether more true to life and also archaic in a sense. 
and I wonder why. It's kind of weird. I understand because it's got this like heteronormative, yes, that's familial, yes. nuclear, like kind of established kind of aspect of the family definition, like going on as its definition. It's, and and I think that there is there's problems in that. But it's also someone thinking about something more selfless than. You know, just being selfless in general, I guess, thinking of the... I My family is the extension of me. They are me. And uh, so, yeah, I am being selfish in that I am thinking of others. And I'm just being very particular about the others I'm thinking of. It's my family. You know, and I think that there's something... I mean, there are family... I don't know. I have a lot of thoughts about this because, like, what is a family unit now in terms sure. of, like, how we've kind sure. of redefined it? If you, like, like enter the Spider-Verse and stuff like that, there's, like, the real family, but it's also, like, the spider family. And, like, there's a lot of different aspects of how we can – how we uh, present what a familial unit is now. That, that, that's true, and I, it's – there's no – it's not uh, – it's not a coincidence that in that but, movies backed away from portraying families as like the primal thing that motivates that people because they didn't want right. to be heteronormative and they didn't want to define a family only one right. way but people didn't stop loving their family like that didn't stop happening right. so like I only think it's relevant the only reason I want to cuz you're absolutely right I just the only reason I mention it is that I wouldn't say that Patriot Games it's definitely with the new Jack Ryan's, but it's not entirely like clear and present danger also happens. I definitely see that there's a slide over definitely. time, but there is Jack Ryan did get established and persisted for many years as being kind of like a thriller that also had this deeper emotional content that you're talking well, about. And, I, and the point that I'm making is that I think the reason that Jack Ryan stuck is not, it's not the reasons that we like him now. I think that over yeah. time, Jack Ryan grew into uh, more of a sort of Jason Bourne meets uh, high-level CIA cipher, yep. which is a thing we like. And I'm not, I'm not here to say those are bad movies. But the reason we care about him is the same reason that we care about Batman's origin story and Spider-Man's origin stories more than the sequels most of the time. Because mm -hmm. <clears throat> those origin stories give us the emotional core of the hero that we can of relate the character, to. Yeah. Like this is what we this is what we're we like, connect why? to. Yeah. There's a primal why and because of that we're willing to see more iterations, but it's very rare those other iterations are as good as the origin mm -hmm. story is. And I just thought it was really interesting as I was watching this movie, the origin story of this CIA thriller character is basically a family drama. Uh and that's not an accident. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's not an accident. It's also not... I just want to counterpoint the people who would be like, well, yeah, but these, there's like family plots in a lot of movies. Yes, but they rarely spend the kind of time and like do the kind of scene work that Patriots Games does mm -hmm. where it's like, it matters that his daughter's in trouble. It's not just a clock on a bomb. You know what I mean? Like, it really matters. And it matters that his wife got injured. And they... <laughs> even the villains have a built-in family motivation, right? Like, that's the only thing that makes them make mm -hmm. any sense is the fact that Sean Bean's brother is dead and they need to avenge him. So they, the movie makers fundamentally believe that stuff is actually more engaging than politics, mm -hmm. not as a subject, but politics as a movie narrative is. And I think they're right. I think they're honestly right about that. 
I think they're right about. I think in, they both need to coexist for like the thriller aspect. Hundred percent. You know, there's yes. no family thriller. You know, not like, really. Not they're, really. They're, it's always like, well, the work, the work aspect of the family. Whoever's going to work, usually, you know, it's the '90s, so it's usually man. The man is going out there and has a problematic job because people are after him, and then that you know, shit goes down. That's a thriller. Oh, but also he's a family man. It's more well. I'll save this to you. Well, like there's a few movies in this category and they all kind of endure because they're done well. Like another movie that's very similar to this is the fugitive, right? So like the fugitive, Mm -hmm. I think people still love that movie and they should. And part of the reason why is they do a really nice job of like, I didn't kill my wife. Right. Like that's like that Mm -hmm. thing about how much he loved his wife and like the, the intimacy between them which, by the way, is a little mm-hmm. bit unbelievable for a couple that's been married as long as they have been, but fine. Like, it makes you really connect to this guy, you know? Like, and you're willing to go on this long journey with him, even though he keeps saying, I didn't kill my wife, like, a million times. <laughs> like, right, right, But again, right. like, those primal family things, they matter. And a lot of filmmakers now don't think they matter as much as they do, and so they put them in as sort of narrative engines, and they don't really work. And I think Patriot Games is kind of interesting. Patriot Games is kind of a good movie to go back to as a as a filmmaker, and be like, okay, well, this is a movie where that stuff works. Why does it work here? And and it feels like a thrown in thing in other movies. You know, uh, it's just fun yes, for that. Yes, that's a yes, that's a great. The acknowledge at the very least acknowledging that there those two attempts by screenwriters to appeal to our you know, visual, like our story senses. Um, there's a big difference between we do categorize it as this feels organic yes. and works versus Correct. this is thrown in. Uh, it's not, and it doesn't even need to be a nuance of logic. It just feels that way. Well, I mean, they did have to make structural decisions to the movie to decide think, what mattered. Yeah. Again, like if they decided the family wasn't that important, he joins the CIA when make, at, at minute thirty. When 30. you say structural decisions, do you mean just order of scenes, or do you mean like the the actual characters make choices that lead on to the next thing? Um, kind of a bit of both. I, the biggest example of it, I would say, is uh, again what I was just saying, which is like they don't. If they had decided the family wasn't that important, but was just sort of a sort of an, uh, a side thing, kind of the way that Al Pacino's family is in Heat. That's kind of a good example. Al Pacino's family okay. in Heat is sort of a little bit of an afterthought, which is the point. The point is they're an afterthought. Yeah. And so we keep getting these check-ins, but they kind of don't matter. If that had been true about Jack Ryan, then he would have decided to join the CIA at the end of the first act. Much, yeah, exactly. That's what yeah, would have happened. 20, 30 yes. minutes Instead, in. we yeah. wait to the it midpoint. just be like, ah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. No, it's because we care about this. So you're you're right. They are making decisions to make it more about Correct. family. And I mean, I just think like uh, most of our fans and m- most people who are just movie fans don't actually understand in like a conscious way what makes them what makes a movie linger. You know, like why does it linger? Because we're all sort of interested in like what why do some movies linger and not others? And then we identify worldviews and tactics and techniques. And like one of the one of the things that matters the most is like doing, like doing primal human relationships in a way that are believable, ways that are that connect, 
uh, and and spending the time on that is irreplaceable. It's an irreplaceable uh, commodity in a movie, uh, and it matters a lot more than whatever you know monster of the week political operative they're fighting against. Yeah. I think people are wise to that, but I also think that you're right that you can't, uh, as a production, you can't put less emphasis. Like, there's a reason that drama is a hard to categorize and prevalent genre category in your searches for movies. Like, there's no bigger organization of like movies that a like a search query has to 100%, do like, right when, totally then drama why because most of the things we make is it, drama they, it's like we just created more nuanced dramas <laughs> or there's like drama and comedy yes, drama means <laughs> not like, comedy that's what it means yeah it's kind of right or vice versa and it's like well but we want it to be like got action okay so it's like a thriller okay but we want it to be like 101's in a courtroom all right so it's a courtroom thriller yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, uh, we just keep doing right. it's just adding right. modifiers to be more specific about things right. that we've seen and worked on us and we're like yeah more of that please and then studios said yeah we, you got it <laughs> that's all that's happening it's just, it's we're, we're just a fungus growing on the planet. It's fucking. I mean, it's insane. <laughs> movies are <laughs> movies are still kind of like. Uh, I know we think of them as a field where there's constant advancements and growth and stuff, but like it's kind of fun to go back and watch old movies and understand like the things that make them really work are still kind of all the same things. At least, at least I find that fun as a as oh, yeah, a director yeah. because like. Uh, because my goal in life is to have access to those things uh, and to like understand them and be able mm -hmm. to reflect them back to people. And Because things, things work. Here's the thing. Things work on babies. Right. All yes. the babies right. in the world. You, you do the peekaboo thing. You, do a, uh, you, you, do, you close your face and then you, you open your hands <laughs> and then you go, ah, and the baby goes, ah. And it's like, it's a, why? Because reveals are interesting. Yep. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's all we're doing on why do you like it well it was a f the f funny man fell down the stairs it's all the basic shit and then we just make it more complex i don't know it's 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 kind of beautiful in its own way and i love that this movie exists Same. because like you you're right it like it's I don't. I don't actually know what like your your point on whether or not like if you do have a point on like if this thumbs up thumbs down, I'm not quite sure on because I'm I'm like Patriot Games, for aside from like political weirdness and like the the society that was made in, uh, big thumbs up though. I, I really <laughs> like, like it. I like that I like it, it has deeper emotional content than like I like that it is an origin story. Yeah, I mean, uh, again, people never people knew that they didn't need to complain about Batman Begins, even though there wasn't a lot of violence in it for a long time, because they were getting mm -hmm. like the real emotional content of Batman, so they were satisfied. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I think that's true here too. It's like they people know they don't need to complain about like why don't we get more IRA in our workings and stuff, and like more like time in the Oval Office or whatnot, you know? Uh, because they're, they're getting mm -hmm. something, they're getting what they want, which is like this is what makes a man who works in a place like this care. This is what fuels him, you know, is, is love mm -hmm. for his family and and uh, 
the need to the need yeah. to make the world more just, you know. Um, There's something because I feel like everything at this point in the conversation is like you've hit your yeah, thesis. I'm, I'm basically done. I've, I'm wrapped up. And we're 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 talking about ways in which it is like it supports itself. Mm-hmm. That if you th- now if you think about it, it actually is there the whole time. And I don't actually need that. Uh, I think that if people do watch pay, watch Patriot Games and uh, you know listen to Adam, I think he's really spot on about that. But to continue the dialogue, sure. I think that there's. It's not that I take issue with the logic of how it could be a different movie or structurally it could be rearranged. Like, because you're not really making a qualitative assessment about it. You're just saying it's different. It stands alone. I'm in saying. A sense, I'm. Right? I guess what I'm really arguing, if I had to rephrase the thesis at, in in the aftermath here, is that the uh-huh. movie people remember it as a political thriller, and, and it's it isn't really family. a political thriller. Yeah. It's really more of a family drama, and that that those decisions were made consciously by the writer and filmmaker because they understood what makes people care. Uh, and they yeah. didn't lean into the wrong things. That's that's really all. See, I think, and I think, okay, so I still think this. I think that it's, the logic is a little warped because it's not, it's not a family drama. I mean, it is in all the ways that you've just said. And I'm, I'll get to the point. But Patriot Games also has this political thriller aspect mm-hmm. about it. There's no denying that. And what I'm arguing is that... Uh, well, two things. One, uh, the concept of being emotionally engaging is something that I've kind of dealt with my whole life in terms of storytelling. Mm-hmm. I think there's something you said about, said about not going the family route in this case. I think it's what some people want for movies. Maybe not you or me necessarily. I don't detest, but for example, I don't prefer dysfunctional movies like for some psychological reason i don't react to them in the same way that other people react this takes away many films off the table for me like a lot of the works of wes anderson charlie kaufman i admire the craftsmanship and even like the efficiency or the cleverness of these films but even when they're at their best i just can't care i don't know i just don't watch the films you know um so in the end emotionally engaging is a modifier for a certain type of examination of a film, I think, based on an audience of one. I think conflict and emotion are king in general. We're taught that in film school all the time, right? They say that all the time. Why do you edit emotion? Why do you, you know, what do you tell a story? Emotion. Everything is about conflict and emotion. But how you deploy the structural kind of organization, if we were to think of a movie as a pie graph, if it's like 60% this and 20% this and 20% that, that's your movie. That combination is what makes someone want to watch your film again, and that is particular to that type of person. I'm sure you agree. The t- second it, thing, it, so and kind is, of in support is the argument of that, there like, well, you don't... You, it's not you as much an argument, that, I'm just pointing right, out. So the point you're making is, you don't know that that everyone has the same experience of being engaged that you had because of the family stuff. Exactly. So because I have a of counterpoint that, to that, but keep going. Well, it's okay, fine. Uh, because of that, I think Jack Ryan and the creation of like the CIA intelligent fam- intelligence, um, this family thriller is structurally on its own and it's exists and it's fine. Sure. 
it's sure, been sure, mimicked. Sure. It was, it's been changed. Uh, it's definitely, as you said, not as available now as it was, but it was birthed, frankly, from the same stuff, like things like, um, the Pelican brief are mm-hmm. made of, like, I don't mm-hmm. know it's, if it's a stretch to say that Grisham and Clancy have a similar approach to thrillers. Like there's a human angle, the joy of finding out conspiracies. A lot of what you said are both of those type of writers, right? Their differences are in the profession that they choose to speak about and the amount of action that they wish that uh, once again, pie graph, you know, like how that structurally, how, what percentage is what. I guess so. I mean, Um, I think, uh, so like at at, at the core level, we're sort of having a conversation about like, well, people are engaged with political topics and political narratives uh, and mm-hmm. we know mm-hmm. that because they make more, they've made more and they are mostly that. And I, and like also, uh, and also just like the, the difference between a family drama and a political thriller is really just sort of mostly like a little bit of screen time. You know what I mean? Like, like those, those yeah, are the keys right. that you're making. And I, I don't disagree with any of that except for, I think that family and i'm gonna use that term a little bit loosely family when depicted i think that's fine when depicted uh when a group of people is depicted and successfully with the same emotional value that family has that group of people can be mm-hmm. really any group of people as long as they feel like family friends, in the movie mostly and yeah. co-workers what's that americans no friends family yeah, yeah. or family right. friends co-workers america right the <laughs> show friends is basically about family uh, you know, like it should be called family. That's what it is. Uh, but oh, oh. <laughs> uh, oh, but like when that's done, that has a, a sort of like undercurrent of more universal human connection, uh, broadly speaking, than like uh, the Russians are coming. Uh, you know what I mean, or like I guess not political <laughs> thrillers in general, but like the bad that you'll pick uh-huh. for a political espionage story is going to yeah, be yeah, more yeah, diffuse yeah. and probably linger a little less than like if you do a good job talking about the emotional stakes of this person's family. On the whole, are there particulars mm-hmm. that disagree? Sure. Are there people whose families they hate and they'd ra- rather watch? A story about the Russians are coming. Sure, I, I'm not here to debate individual cases, but I can tell you that like this is true of movies, broadly speaking. It, broadly speaking, this is true about movies. That's why most movies are still trying to include these tropes, even if they're doing a clumsy version of it, because it's true. You know, uh, family is one of the fundamental yeah. human building blocks. The Russians are not. Neither are the Americans. You know, it just. Well, threat, threat is. is absolutely, and that's why a movie like Jaws is as effective as this movie is for family, because it's like uh, because it gets to the primal feeling of threat. I'm physically in danger, or emotionally in danger, right? How does how does Patriot Games because, not do because, that though? How is it not like Jaws? Patriot Games defines the threat by the by the attempt on the family, and not by like numbers on a graph or like. Uh, or just sort of idea, like ideologically charged speeches about what the consequences would be. You know what I mean? Like so, mm-hmm. for instance, like when you watch a movie like um, Doctor Strangelove, right? Which I know you love that right. movie. I love it too. Uh, do you ever feel 
any sense of threat in that movie. Not right. urgent. Not what about fail safe? Do you feel any threat in fail safe? All the time. That's interesting. I think I feel threat, but not in the same like gut way that I feel threat when I see uh when I see Jack Ryan's daughter get hit in a car by a car. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. I mean, yeah. It's a matter of degrees. A satire versus, uh, like, a film that every at every turn asks asks itself, am I the right person to make the decision that is going to save or kill millions of people? Um, That's fail-safe. Jack Ryan is just, I need to save my family. Here's footage of that. Right, and I I can't can't argue. They're kind of hard to compare to Patriot Games because that is chronologically transparently displaying the events as they are. Failsafe and Dr. Strangelove are like plays occupying one space that the whole point is that you can't see outside and so you have to make decisions inside a box um there's no box in patriot games to play with the box i guess would be the family or the idea of the well, space the box in which could be your the, home like, again the box guess, could have been he tri- watching and they tried this like the drones and like the here's all the recruiting the recruiting tools and tools and surveillance for this irish terrorist group Right. Here's the CIA. But they didn't and do all that the, the because I think, I, and I mean, again, I'm, mean? I, I can't put the motives into the filmmakers' minds because I don't know. But I think that uh, the filmmakers understood that this that the family primal draw was at least as substantive as if they had done a really good job. That's, that. that was kind of what I was arguing. Is that it's about the winning combination? Sure. It's like sure, sure, sure. It's like when you're making the perfect condiment, how much of that, when you mix them together, like what's your ratio, (laughs) you know, like that's the winning combination. That's all I was arguing. So when you are talking about, so going back to Grisham and Clancy, when it means to me, and I think there's something about the prolonged act one and two and the dense act three, as you were kind of talking about, it's kind of how that genre works. And it is a genre. It's a genre like James Bond movies are a genre. That's not all spy movies, but it's James Bond movies, and they just keep making them. Jack Ryan's always work like this. You build the character, you show the players, you take your time, basically. You show us a bit late in the, the inciting incident, maybe. Uh, not true in Patriot Games. They show us kind of on the dot at 20 minutes, like you pointed out. But like that's kind of something that happens in Jack Ryan films and TV shows, I guess. Um, there's a heavy emphasis on character. The good guys and the bad guys are well established bef- by the end of Act One, even though we don't understand what's going on. The research and the sequences of figuring shit out with logic or computers or reading or good old fashioned detective work uh, happens for most of Act Two, and then you bury the lead and you make you make it seem like you're, it's all going to be fine and then you return in a, the original threat in heavy force at the end to show that the protagonists are pretty well equipped for the sure. challenge it's a very american bootstrap story right it's emphasizes workmanship so it's yeah, a small true. genre and it's definitely changed and it's not one of note for certain viewers like i was saying with like for me wes anderson and charlie kaufman it just might not be the 
the cup of tea, but I think it's repeatable and it functions as a ride and it works for a subset of those people. So I don't like that's true. I'm not saying you're saying that that is like Jack Ryan sucks because of this. I'm just saying that like you're right that it is kind of a shame that the subsequent Jack Ryan's went the uh, Jason Bourne slowly over time. They slowly went that way. Right. But I think that that's just populism working. It's that's movies. That's yeah. just populism. It's just, we're want, and like I said, our, our fucking, uh, when our industry does return, our industry for a long time, and we're going to see it now, uh, has been this Katamari Damacy game. It's just slowly collecting these tiny little aspects, and we go like, all right, vote for that, vote for that, vote for that. That, that there's, of course, there's a hegemony. There's a, like a monopoly of movie that's happening right now, or it's we're on the precipice of it. If you want a total monopoly, but like, let's be frank, it's already here, and its name is Disney. Oh my god, <laughs> don't start. The the reality is that we're all because we all. There's something very human about what you're talking about, the family stories, that they found the winning combination, the special, the special sauce, the right structure and format that makes you feel like you watched a movie today and it was pretty good. Um, that, for the majority of people, has been finely t- honed. And Disney has just said, okay, it's yep. that. Let's print and repeat. And they're, that's the tip of the spear now, and they put all their money towards that spear because it reaps the most benefits. Uh, it's just a shame that like things like Patriot Games, things like, I guess, <laughs> Pelican Brief and such. Like, I, I didn't think that at the end of this podcast I'd be like, I'm, a, I'm going to, here's the case for Grisham and Clancy. I don't need that in my life. I don't actually believe that. But just an appeal for... You know, a plethora of genres is something that I think is important, I guess. (laughs) It's just, it's funny about, like, movies that franchise based on success, how often the sequels don't have the same emotional substance that the first movie did. Uh, that's, That's such a problem so often. Like, a good example is, we've talked about it this this. Uh, podcast is the matrix right so like matrix reloaded doesn't really have the same sort of emotional hero's journey of belief at the core in it right it doesn't have this guy who like grows into being the one and it doesn't advance what being the one is like it doesn't do any of that it's just sort of like more a conversation (laughs) about fate and can you choose your fate or not there's you know, and that's not really what made the Matrix good. Yeah, like the fact, like fate wasn't what made the Matrix interesting. You know, uh, it was sort of like a person coming to understand the power they have when they're freed from the deception of reality or whatever. You know, that's more interesting, and they didn't really go into that anymore. Yeah, I mean, it's honestly, I have a lot of thoughts just about like, I mean, we are supposed to. I know it's not, but we're supposed to kind of take it as the uh, origin story of at least the Harrison Ford Jack Ryan, right? Well, and and the only reason they keep saying Jack Ryan, the character, in a more broad sense is that, I mean, again, Hunt for an October came out before this, so like mm-hmm. it technically is the beginning, but Jack Ryan became sort of a character that we know and root for independent of the movies now, mm-hmm. the way that Batman became a character that we 
that like Batman in this Batman movie, but Batman sort of exists also outside of the movies mm-hmm. as like a thing we care about. Jack Ryan's achieved that status now, I would say. Um, you know, like a Skywalker type person, but not as not that popular. Not as but popular, close. but yeah, 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 yeah. It's the James Bond, that kind of character. Yeah, it's. Um... <clears throat> yeah, I I guess it's just like one of those things where. I think it's it it's straight away from maybe the I haven't read any of these books so I don't even know if Same. they if they were I assume that they stuck to their roots you know like I assume Clancy's writing clear and present danger and some of all fears you know um, well again he becomes president in the novel series so like that doesn't right. sound I mean, like he, he stuck all, to his roots it's all rah 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 stuff and that's hard to get around because it's like eh um, but everything everything about it is like covert war and that is movie filmable you know like covert yeah, shit absolutely. is like alright alright <laughs> Give well, me some more of that covert shit. You know, like that's we're a lot more we're, suspicious we're of it now. Uh, yeah, now we're now, more suspicious. Now it's a lot you're more. Right, you're right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, like, I, I don't know. I just think that, uh, I think I think you nailed it. I just think uh, it's it's fine for it to be about family, and it's not, like, crazy to me that it started that way. No, no, me neither. And, and uh... This is one of those times where I think the person mm-hmm. I'm arguing to is a person who doesn't necessarily think about how movies work. Yeah, that's fair. As like an as like an engine and so therefore walks away from Patriot Games and thinks like a political thriller, wasn't it great? And uh and n- doesn't necessarily Look for what it's actually like, what its DNA what is, is, what and is like, it really, yeah, judging what is its it DNA, what that. makes it work. Yeah. Correct. Fair enough. Correct. And and uh, and I, th- I mean, again, like as speaking as like a person who most of our audience is like super fans who are actually more interested at times in like, uh, like what you might call sort of premise and like execution stuff than necessarily the core stuff. I I think about the core of what makes a movie work all the time because that's my job uh both now as an instructor but also as a filmmaker um and it's not like it's magic or mystery it's not mystery or magic but it is interesting how often people don't under, don't like they misdiagnose it you know what I mean like they they don't necessarily understand the thing they saw like on a core level yeah and I do it too I do it all the time. Like I, I was surprised by Patriot Games when I watched it. I was like, "Oh, this isn't really that political of a movie, huh?" Right. You know, and yeah. it's yeah. So I think that's fascinating. I think that that's, you know, kind of, I mentioned James Bond too. Uh, like that's something that is n- almost a necessity for these repeatable genre blends. Like I brought up, yeah. So James Bond is also not political. Nah. It's no. just a threat somewhere. Yes. It can be inside of British intelligence, even. It can be anywhere. It can be across the world, most likely, though. And, uh, you know, with Jack Ryan, it's the same stuff. Because then the next, the next book, the next uh, movie is uh, 
Harrison Ford again in Clear and Present Danger, and that's about drug cartels. Completely different, like, department, you know? Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he's just like, ah, but CIA, any covert war... I'm your guy. And then I guess he becomes president later. <laughs> but like, the, well, he, he got whatever. promoted before clear, <laughs> yeah, clear yeah. present danger. <laughs> he works his way up the ladder that all scans. Uh, but yeah, it's like, uh, there is an inherent non, non political aspect to our political thrillers. If we want them to be repeatable, because it's like Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone or Harry Potter yep. and the order yep. of the Phoenix or whatever, you know, like, it's yep. just it's the case it's the next case baby next case next case and, and the further the further harry it. potter gets away from school mm-hmm. like from being about wizard school mm-hmm. the further it gets from being fun it stops being fun well sure that's a whole different you know, thing i'm well but but like the reason i say that is i think the the school experience is actually the primal experience of it. The magic is not. And you're saying the family is the school in this analogy. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Like, like uh, that's I'm not saying that you couldn't make a Harry Potter. Interesting. I'm not. I'm not saying that you couldn't make a Harry Potter that didn't take place in school. You totally. Right. You, of course you could, right? Like I'm they not did. saying you can't do yeah. that. But the draw of this idea is like what if wizards but they're in school so there's like a there's a fundamental structure that you enjoy and then they play then around they with it right it. like yeah, wizard yeah, school's yeah. silly you know right and uh, in the same way i guess i see like what you're saying essentially is what, what jump started the jack ryan stuff is the family stuff mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and not what kept it alive but what started it right i mean if i'm going to be honest with you what kept it alive is the Harrison Ford stuff, <laughs> you know? Oh, of course. And I mean, he's, the fact he's, that, he's, like, uh, Tom Clancy had money and people were knocking on his door because he was pumping out these things that did well. So it's just like a beast. It was, like, too big to fail in a, essence and just make it good might as well. Like, I think that that's the attitude of a lot of, a lot of movie making, which is kind of revealing, maybe right. about myself, about what I think about the movie industry. But it's, uh, it's definitely... I I just see it and I go, well, why did they decide that one? <clears throat> it's pretty crazy, like the stories of some of these movies. Um, like, did you know that the whole Baldwin thing? It came out later. Well, I, I'm, I'm curious to uh, hear the yeah, Baldwin. Yeah, because he was supposed to, like, it wasn't made too long after. Uh, no, yeah, yeah, they replaced it. Like, they just said, nope, it's uh, Harrison Ford, baby, which I probably think is a better answer i think he's a really good jack ryan i mean i just like to yeah. see harrison ford he's fun uh and baldwin is also good but like you know <laughs> not in the same <laughs> way know? yeah uh and they uh so apparently what happened is that um the producer was like i'm um, basically they would uh john mctiernan was going was slated to be a part of the jack ryan stuff well, didn't he direct he Hunt for Red October? Clear, uh, yes, exactly. Uh, yeah. So he really wanted Ford, and he thought Ford was the right answer. And he said, and this is on the Wikipedia, I'm just reading this right now. It says, confirmed there was, great. quote, a great deal of scheming that went on to push Alec out of that part. And oh, it's God, because really? there's a uh, the studio and John McTiernan wanted to, like, due to a large debt owed to 
uh, Baldwin from an unproduced film. Like they had him on contract. They wanted to just like burn one. Like that was what happened is they were like burning one (laughs) so that they could essentially get to Ford. Uh, Wow. Yeah. So basically when Baldwin then said in negotiations, I want to, I insist on doing a little bit of script approval and they're like, no dice. (laughs) You're out of (laughs) here. And they're like, they just needed one excuse to break contract because they wanted Ford and they had to produce Patriot games. They were like, that's the answer, right? Yeah. If Patriot games are, you know, clearing present danger that's the next step right and they're like yeah 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 they're like yeah but then it's with Alec and they're like oh <laughs> so they're just like <laughs> so that and also McTiernan didn't direct this one do you know why he declined uh, to direct because his Irish American background that's pretty cool oh <laughs> good for him that he didn't like the, uh, the, yeah, su- he's the like, subject I don't matter need to be a part of a movie that does that uh, you know Interesting. Yeah, I think that that's super valid. I, I respect the shit out of that. I don't Man, know. that guy McTiernan's fucking McTiernan. on point. Yeah, he's, he's fucking. He had a hell of a career, dude. He's have Have you heard him speak? Like, just uh, no, listen I haven't. to the DVD. He fucking kills it, dude. He, <laughs> he, <laughs> he loves him so it. much. I love him so much. He, he's your Pedro Madovar. You yeah, just dude, love him so much. He fucking kills it, dude. He just knows, it. and he speaks exactly like you wouldn't expect him to speak. Like. You expect him to kind of like, be like John Ford type, right? Yeah, but it turns out he's Anthony Hopkins. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, this this motherfucker's yeah, dropping mizzen scene all the time. You know? He's, wow, wow. He's 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 <laughs> trained in like French, uh, like new wave stuff. That's like his bag. That's the shit that he like goes home and snorts. You know, <laughs> like he's. Well, I just. I, but again, that just reinforces. So that just reinforces to me that like. You don't re- like you really don't get these gu- these successful directors who make a lot of good movies mm-hmm. who don't understand what movie making is. Like that just doesn't really happen. Like no. it's you you get directors who get a shot at it who are sort of just like you know uh, entitled babies or not that good or not don't understand how films work. But they don't keep making movies because they screw it up. You know, uh, McTiernan knows how to do this. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. Um, there was, um, so I'm not surprised by that. There was a, it was really weird because I was having a, I was, I was, I had a um, friend of mine who was like really good at fencing and she, she actually was a stunt double of um, Lindsay Lohan in the parent, meet the parents, parent trap, parent trap. That's the name parent of it. Parent trap. Parent trap. Wow. When they have a fencing scene and she was like junior Olympics and. Oh she, yeah. Yeah. And they she, do. and she was really good at it. And I remember I went to one of her meets and I just come out of a lecture from one of my favorite professors and he was make he was harping on harping on the number of decisions that have to be made before like action is called, you know, like the absolute, decision-making process and like how that is made and what is what is the wisdom there that a you know professor can give a student and he had a whole lecture about it and we watched some films and we talked about it point is 
that's where my sp- head space was at. And then she went and she did um, some fucking fencing, right? And I was watching and we're probably drinking and cheering her on, you know, because that's what you do when you're... Sure, sure, sure. I don't know. <laughs> you go to fencing... You go to yeah, your you go to fence fencing meets, meets yeah. and you get drunk like f- idiots. And we're cheering her <laughs> on, which there was no one to cheer on fencing. It's right. it's kind of sad, uh, but especially college fencing. Uh, but I remember having this like weird like high moment where I was like thinking about it, and I was like, man, every because it was like the fencing that she the particular fencing that she was a part of is it would be like they'd whistle or the buzzer would go and then it was over within a second and it was like and i asked her about it i was like what's what's that deal like why is it over in a second don't you want to like fence <laughs> you know that was my interpretation <laughs> of it she was like no it's more like rock paper scissors it's like i came yeah, with yeah, this yeah. thing and they weren't good enough to parry it so i won and this one time that I got, I was an idiot and I used, I was overconfident and I went this way. And I was like, oh, like a pitcher does, like pitching on the outside of the plate versus the inside of the plate. She was like, yeah, probably. I don't know. <laughs> and I was like, and it made me realize, like, as I was thinking about all these filmmaking stuff, is that one shot after another is truly that. It's a war of attrition of single battles, <laughs> you know? And when you make a shot and you do a thing, a director has to be so confident in mind and like you were saying with John McTiernan or these directors that are so confident about knowing how to make a movie it's not that they're well equipped for the shot that they're about to shoot but rather they're well equipped for any shot that crosses their desk and I think that that is something to be said about good directors is that they are well equipped for any shot I, I actually think pitching a baseball game is a pretty good metaphor because uh, there, there are sort of layups, you know what I mean? Like there are moments that are easy or easy batters or whatever when you're directing. Right. And then there's these moments where like, man, the world's against you and you got to pick the right thing or the whole game's lost. Uh, and it is, a, it is an endurance uh, challenge. Like directing requires a lot of patience and a lot of endurance. And uh, also you're not allowed to get up there and melt down. Like, you got to stay poised, you know what I mean? Especially mm-hmm. when things don't go your way, you got to stay poised. Uh, so, you know, Clayton Kershaw would make an amazing director is really the point of this episode. Got to make it a Dodgers thing. <laughs> <laughs> Greatest picture of all time, baby. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's up there. He's up there. <laughs> he's, he's up, up there. there. Yeah, yeah, he's up there. I mean, I think a few people have some things to say, but who can say? <laughs> I don't Gibson. really care about yeah, are you Greatest boy? of all time. Huh? Are you a Bob Gibson boy? Bob Gibson. I don't know. You love Bob, Bob Gibson. Gibson. You love him. I don't love him. I don't know. There's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of people. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk for thirty minutes about pitchers. That's yeah. what the audience clicked on this for. I don't know. Probably not Maddox. No, no. Probably he, not Maddox an old timer than... like Cy Young. Probably not uh, Clemens. What about uh that pitcher from like the 1910s. There's like a guy who pitched for like Kofax? 30 years. And... Not no, Kofax, not, oh, 1910s. He's... I thought you said 60. Uh, uh, tens. I don't know. Walter. I don't know. I don't. I don't go back that. My brother. I'll think of it later. I think I memorized the baseball encyclopedia, but I. 
<laughs> I cannot recall most of any of that. All I'll I know is like later. some Ty Cobb facts and some Ted William facts. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember so Babe Ruth. A, that's that's how I treated it. I was like, Babe Ruth, ah, everyone knows Babe Ruth facts. <laughs> as a subject matter that we struck out here. Yeah, uh, yeah we really yeah. did. No, no, yeah. I, yeah. Uh, when it comes down to it, I think, yeah, well said. I think that uh, what you're saying about how it's structurally on its own in terms of the Jack Ryan stories and that it's fundamentally about family, I think are both very on point. I think that there's more to be said and I have aired them uh, about why that's true and what decisions were being made that facilitated those decisions or that result. Um, But I think ultimately uh, your observations are really spot on. Cause you know what it is, cause you're good at it. So good yeah, job, I, my man. I do my best. Thank you. Uh, thank you. It is fun to go back and watch these movies that you loved, uh, but don't remember that well, mm-hmm. uh, because you don't. Uh, because you, I find a lot of times when I go back and watch them, oh, I liked them for different reasons than I thought I did. Mm-hmm. Like what I remembered about it is not what the movie is. Uh, I find that a lot, especially from stuff from my from my childhood and, and like young adult years. Yeah, there's a lot of that. This one I remember watching a few years ago and being like, maybe it's clear and present danger that I liked. <laughs> you know, like I remember. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. like you're right, you're right about that. It makes you think that you're gonna sit in a Jack Ryan, but. It is the Jack Ryan. It's like the OG Jack Ryan, basically. Uh, even though it isn't, I understand. Uh, but then you, the thing has been transformed and regurgitated to you so yeah. differently that you're like, oh, doesn't leave the taste that I remember. But as a kid, I ate this shit up, dude. I love Patriot Games. He, he I thought the a- whole assassination in the street was in this movie. Well, the assassination—it is in the movie. No, no, not the the assassination in the street. Sorry, I should—I misspoke. I don't mean the assassination of the British royal, but like the the shooting of all of the cars in *Clear and Present Danger*. That sequence. I totally thought that was in—that was the finale of this movie for some reason. Um, Right, because because you assume I I just truncated it all. I think people just assume because they have an idea in their head about what these movies are. Yeah. They sort of go back and retrofit it to this to Patriot Games. I think and you're it's right like, about that. It's like no, that isn't actually what it is, uh, which is weird, you know. Yeah, it's anyway. It's we like did a, it. a fine movie. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I sh- I still really like it. Uh, I do. I, I personally want more clear and pre- present danger e version of Jack Ryan's story personally, but I don't but I also find that those movies kind of fly right out of my head more yeah. than Patriot Games does Who, uh, who's, who's the best role in this movie? Well, it's hard to it's hard to take uh, James Earl Jones out of any movie he's in <sighs> James he's so Earl great. Jones is really good I also think Thora Birch is good in this movie, by the uh, way. I also think that, like, the one, two scenes that Richard Harris is in. Yeah, it has nothing that's right. To, like, yeah. he's really good, and that's true, but it's just, like, how he's dressed and, like, what he says. He's just, 
Okay. <laughs> you know, like Man, he's just like I, not even in the movie because he's not really a part of the movie. He's not. He's like a red herring. And it's just really funny to me because it's just the, the whole time. It's just like, okay, why are you coming at me, weird guy? <laughs> I'm just in bars having drinks with my friends. He's like, no, nah, you're up to something. I know it. He's like, no, nah, man. <laughs> I, I, I really like him as an actor. I, I was actually sad that he died before he could do the entire Harry Potter series. Sure. As Dumbledore, because he was like perfect tonally, <gasps> like just right on. Yeah, he, um, he had, I don't know. I think that, I don't think he hit, I, if he had the if he wasn't at the end of his life basically he would have been he perfect. was a little old yeah he was a little he was old. too old but because he, there's stuff that he was gonna have to do that they were gonna have to CG like crazy because yeah, like sure. he was so he's just low energy and there's a bunch of high energy shit that Dumbledore needed to do but his look and his like approach is like the wise sage who's almost dying is like kind of awesome and I think we got kind of got the best version of it. You know, I'm sorry. I'm very sorry he died, obviously. Um, but, like, at a certain point, I don't think he was the right Dumbledore for that com- for that audience. For that? Oh, see, But man, he was uh, the perfect uh, first Dumbledore. God, we need to... Okay, some other time we'll do a Dumbledore conversation. Dumbledore? I, I like Gambone a lot as, a, as an actor. Oh, he's the best. Uh, but I didn't like him as Dumbledore uh, because I liked Richard Harris's sort of like dry amusement thing. Uh, <laughs> it's just like that. Dust. I, that I just, I just kind of missed it. Uh, because it seemed so perfect. Uh, your points are good though. So yeah. let's, let's do a, let's do a we'll dumbbell cast. We'll put a pin in this episode about Patriot games where we talk about <laughs> who's the best Dumbledore. We've really gotten yeah. far from the, we did it <laughs> far into the, we weeds. did it. So, uh, I think that's a sewed. I think so. Okay. Yeah, Uh, all right. (laughs) If you say so. (laughs) I love you. Love you too. Bye. (laughs) Thanks, everyone. This has been a Small Beans endeavor. We're a bunch of pals who make podcasts, sketches, music, web series, and movies. The Beans always have new ideas percolating, so make sure to check us out at patreon.com slash smallbeans. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash smallbeans, where you can browse all of our current and past content, see what we've got planned in the future, and learn how your support can help the Small Beans grow into huge, giant monsters. Monster Beans. If you enjoyed this content module, please like, rate, subscribe, or tell a friend about us. We love you! <laughs>